0: everybody, this is Sarah.
1: And this is Mujib.
0: Welcome to another episode of Let's Get To It. This is episode six, and today we're going to go a little heavy. We're going to talk about grief and loss. Right. But it's not all doom and gloom, right. the way that we're going to talk about this. So um, we're hoping this can be a bit of a cathartic episode that you listen to. Um, grief and loss is really a universal experience um, an emotion, and a lot of us are going through it right now as we speak on so many different levels.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, it's worth acknowledging the so many different levels because I think oftentimes we can think of grief and, and loss as well as, you know, having to just do with certain topics. Like if I lose a family member or a pet or a job or something like that. Um, sometimes it's worth acknowledging that we might just be in an, in, an era of grief, an mm-hmm. era of grief, mm-hmm. if you will. Like if um, if I'm holding space for somebody who has lost somebody or holding space for somebody who is going through a harder time, I am processing and dealing with that grief, not in the exact same way as that person is, but in some way, shape, or form. Um, it makes me really think about this time period that we're in right now where not only are we faced with a a global pandemic in which many people across the world are passing away in these different scenarios and how much grief is wrapped up around that, but we're also looking at this uncovering of the history and the contemporary history of a place in which a lot of people have been processing grief, Mm -hmm. uh, racial grief. Uh, sexual grief, things like that, that have to go with the way that people are uh, treated in this world. Mm. And we have to also realize that sometimes that is going to swirl and float around and kind of uh, pepper the situations that we might find ourselves in as well.
0: Yeah, I, I really think that we are in such a unique moment in our history and that, um, you know, we can just boil it down right now to maybe as a nation and sort of this collective grief and loss that we're that we're going through right now with identity you know people really having to face facts and come to terms with things you thought you knew are no longer true things about who you once were maybe are no longer true so we're we're, we're grieving on so many different levels so maybe with you know the pandemic in particular with COVID that you've had to pivot and shift into an entirely new way of being, a new way of life. So there is that grieving process of, you know, what once was is no longer, but it doesn't have to be negative. Uh, you know, and, and, and you can absolutely cry and be angry. And, and, and I've talked about this in previous episodes that I myself have, have grieved sort of the loss of the way that I used to run my business. Mm-hmm. Very real, very salient. Um, and, and I did that, and for me, I accepted that, and I'm moving on and sort of celebrating all of these new things and new opportunities. So you know, grief and loss can bring us to a point of new beginnings and and amazing opportunities and a chance to connect and and really renew rebirth, like life, happiness, joy even. so um, you know we so we we want to be here to say that we, you know, we are here with you. We hear you. We see you, and 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 not to judge anybody's process. Um, there is no specific length of time, and, and it's messy, and it can be all over the place. But you know, we're we're all going through it right, right now.
1: Right. And you know, that's something that we just said a moment ago, uh, which is it. And it doesn't look the same. There's right. no there's no crystallization of grief. You might have. Two siblings who both lose the same parent and both are going to respond differently to that situation. That's kind of the most direct and blunt way that I can put that mm-hmm. type of one instance creating two different fragments of grief. Mm-hmm. Um, neither are wrong. You know, right. both are going to be valid and legitimate. Um, and especially in this time period where there are so many different messages around you know productivity and around getting back up and dusting yourself off and picking yourself back up off the ground. um, It's it's worth acknowledging that that framework isn't necessarily the framework that everybody goes through Mm -hmm. to reach closure or to get to that point of celebrating Mm -hmm. what it is that they've lost in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, So just to say that uh, as well, um, we are definitely acknowledging the, the wide spectrum of what it means to grieve or what it means to acknowledge loss and celebrate.
0: Mm, absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, so uh, today is September 1st, mm. um, which is kind of unbelievable in its own right, <laughs> September 1, 2020. Um, and certainly when we were having our pre conversation, we were warming up for for the podcast, and, you know, we, of course, brought up Chadwick Boseman, who's been you know, a popular figure. Um, for those of you who may not know, he starred in Black Panther. Um, and and that experience, a lot of people are grieving that in different ways, and as this um, figure in popular culture having a different set of meaning to different people. Um, and that's gonna be processed differently, celebrated differently, feel uh, a huge loss to some, Others, you know, maybe weren't aware of his work. So, um, but just sort of one example of, um, you know, w- when someone in the public eye passes, when someone who's young, um, you know, er- early forties, um, and it and it feels like too soon, mm. too soon to leave this earth, right? Um, and I and I think that sometimes is part of part of part of that grief is sort of, you know like the candle being blown out on what was possible mm. or what might have been um, but that we can look back and celebrate of what, what was
1: right, right, you know? right, totally
0: um, and to think of how much he offered this earth in those short 42 or 43 years, mm. you know, it's yeah. was incredible
1: it makes me in that moment of talking about like a particular public figure um, it makes me think of the the personalities that we've grown up with, like that I myself personally just to speak from my own my own standpoint uh, and to name some of these personalities but it makes me think of the the archetypes and the personalities that I've grown up with as my heroes or or those those constants that have always been a part of the story that I've told myself um, names that come to mind are like Malcolm X Malik Malik Shabazz um, thinking of even like Bruce Lee you know um, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King wasn't as much of a figurehead in my family, in my direct immediate family circle, Um, but again another person who had a massive impact on the world in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are all people that died well before their mid-40s. A lot of them in their 30s and early 30s. Um, Think of Jimi Hendrix, Mm -hmm. people like that who will, Bob Marley, you know, where you can hear these people, you can hear their music, you can hear their story, you can read their books, you can read their speeches, and and their messages still reign true to this day. and we still celebrate them. You know, my, one of my favorite things is when there's like a 10 year old who knows who somebody like Bruce Lee is and they're talking about the, the regimen of work that this person did and then you go back and you read Bruce Lee's journals and you realize that that's really all he wanted was to, to create a bright enough light in his life that would live on well beyond him. Um, Martin Luther King in the same way, when you, you hear this person who's speaking to you of a vision that he can see that he knows he's not going to be a part of, mm. right? Or a person like Malcolm X for that, who is is standing in the face of death threats and death attempts and attempts on his life um, and still presenting his message to the people um, that we needed to hear. And that's why me, as a child born in 1983, as a teenager, I'm going to have the picture of this person on the wall. And I think that you know it goes without saying that in this, Day and age in 2020, Chadwick Boseman is one of those people who, you know, we're not necessarily even going to realize the impact that he's had as a person. Period, as a as a whole person, not just as this this amazing uh, actor who portrayed this really powerful role of the Black Panther uh, in the time period that he that he portrayed it. Um, which we'll kind of talk about that in a second, but you know, we get to see the scholar that he was, we mm-hmm. get to see the parent that he was, we get to see the, the relative that he was, the inspiration that he was, the motivation that he was to people um, well beyond what we might have even thought about. Like, I mean, if you take a second and you think about a meme that you saw of Chadwick Bozeman a month ago, it, it, it wasn't, it's like we don't, until you wake up and that person is gone, you don't necessarily stop and say like, let me look at the full dimensions of who this person actually is. Right, you
0: know? right. Well, before we, we, we hit record, Mujib and I were speaking, and, and often it's through death that we, we get the full story, mm-hmm. that we don't always have a full sense of who the person really was in all, all these different aspects. And to, and to hear you speak of you know, some of these role models, heroes, you know, I think of the word legacy, mm. legacy comes to mind. And, um, you know, and, and whether you've thought about that for yourself, you know, I don't know how often people are thinking about their own mortality. Um, but if you think about legacy, and what that means, and, um, you know, lineage, and, 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 and all those things, just kind of throwing out the big mm-hmm. words here, but, you know, that's important. So how, how much more enriched might we all become better people that we might all become after the fact you know we 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 lose these great people and then we get to learn so much more about their life Mm -hmm. Um, and carry that torch and tell and retell the stories and and keep those like the the legacy alive so Mm -hmm. to speak is 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 what i mean i think that's just so important to carry that legacy and sort of not not let that the name just sort of wither away and get buried
1: you know and not to bury your own emotion tied to this person with them you know you don't have to crystallize again I I use that term crystallization a lot when it comes to a topic like this because it's so easy to think of this last picture that we saw of this person and Mm -hmm. like that they died, they passed away at that age. Like they'll never be any older than that image that you're seeing. Mm-hmm. So it's easy that that's the image that we see in our minds when we think of that person. If I say Dr. Martin Luther King, um, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, you might think of him in his later years, giving you know, you know, we just had the 57th anniversary of the March on Washington. So you could you could picture him from that era, giving his speech at the at the Lincoln Pool overlooking the National Monument. Um, that is like a crystallized image of this mm-hmm. man, or his, one of his last speeches at, 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 a, at a church talking about just basic human rights, speaking out against the war in Vietnam and things like that. Um, you have these crystallized images of what this person looked like. Um, So that's where I speak to crystallization. When I say like, you know, you're not, you're not burying your emotion for this person with them. That's what I think about when I think of legacy. That when I think of celebrating somebody's life or somebody's existence on this earthly realm, Um, because, again, depending on how you think about these things um, and whatever your belief structure is, um, and even that aside this person was not, they were never just their skin and bones. They were never just their flesh and their blood. They were always more than that. They were the relationships and the the impacts that they had on the world, positive and negative, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and when, they, when we put them in the ground or we cremate them and sprinkle them in the sea or whatever it is that we do with the people that we hold dear, um, we don't have to burn ourselves up with them in that moment. I don't have to bury my perception of this person in the ground. I can continue to let it fruit and blossom and and continue to grow and evolve with my own evolution and existence because with my own evolution and existence also evolves the memory of this person, Mm. the context of their memory.
0: Yeah, I love that idea, Mm. that that too, there's this Dynamism, this dy- dynamic aspect of it, that it's not as if, okay, time of death, write it down, that's when everything stops. Right. No, right. It, it, it has this way of, of living on and evolving and changing. Mm-hmm. Um, the story that I wanted to, to, to share, and, and it's so difficult, you know, many of us, you know, experiencing, you can experience grief and loss sort of um, for yourself. And then there's also the experience of, we talked about holding space for others. So you may be experiencing grief and loss indirectly and trying to be there as a support system or holding space for others who are going through that. And that can be very difficult um, as well to know how to be there for somebody um, and and, and what way um, that that is, because everybody's gonna have different needs at different times. Of course, you know, and um, I was telling Mujib a little earlier about the passing of my my partner's father um, and not really knowing necessarily how um, how to be there or how how to be a source of comfort. And it it was really only, um, you know, a couple of weeks later that one way that I found to celebrate the life of his father and legacy, if you will. Um, was through his dad's iPad, or excuse me, his, his dad's iPod. Mm-hmm. There wasn't an iPad. It was his dad's iPod. And, and, and so we continue to play his father's music constantly. And so that is the way that we engage. And then that leads to stories, storytelling. And, mm-hmm. and because I actually never met this man in person, um, you know, I, I get to learn more and more about him every time we put the iPod on. Mm-hmm and that to me speaks to your, what you were just talking about, um, is, you know, this, this memory or this dynamic version of him living on. And I, I love learning something new still, um, all the time, or I get to hear a different story. Um, and that's, and that's great. And part of it is, you know, we talk about him. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he is, his memory is alive and well in our home Mm -hmm. and, and that feels really good. And so when we talk about him, it's, it's not sad for us. It's, it's, it's really nice. Um, it's, it's nice to have that. And I, and I feel like I'm getting to know this man in his death. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, not having actually had the pleasure of of knowing him in life. So that's been interesting too. And I know i you know, everybody probably has their own story with, you know, what, what that's like for you.
1: Mm -hmm. It's, it makes me think of a quote that I'll paraphrase. That's essentially like, you die twice in the world, right? Mm. Like you die once when you actually leave your body, but then you die the second time when people stop talking about you. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to think about immortality as your legacy lived on, you know, like that that's a way that we might actually live forever. Like somebody might hear what I'm saying right now in this very moment, you need to go and you need to read the speeches of Malcolm X or you need to listen to the speeches of Malcolm X, just a couple of them, not just like the demonized ones, but a few of them. Mm-hmm. And you might go as a person listening to this podcast and listen to that for the first time ever. Never, maybe you've, maybe you've never listened to his words. Um, that's like his fire is just getting ignited a little bit more, you know? Mm-hmm. The, the, the light's not extinguished, somebody else just put a match in the flame. And kind of brightened it up a little bit it's somebody else putting another stick on the fire that is the legacy of this person Mm. um so i i really do feel that way oftentimes that when we can remember these people who have passed it's rekindling you know it's 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 not a fading memory we Mm. just reignited we reinvigorated the memory because i just told you this story again and it allowed me to relive that entire moment. And even if I'm telling you the story, um, and you might be hearing it anew, I also get to interact with the dynamic nature of me telling that story, like all of the other emotions that it brings up in me, all of the things that don't have context to our conversation that I'm not actually saying to you, but when you leave and when we part ways in this moment, I'm going to actually keep on percolating and processing this thought about this person, this memory. Maybe I get home and I pull up the file of photographs that I have of that person on my computer, and my wife says, who's that? Mm-hmm. And now I get to tell that story again. And that's another stick on the fire of this person's legacy.
0: I, I can't help but think about you know it's so salient right now um, to say something like, say her name, say his name, Breonna right. Taylor, for right. example. Um, and why it's so important mm-hmm. to say their names. Right. This isn't coming out of nowhere, right? This is to not die those two deaths. Mm-hmm. We had the one. Um, and now say their names. These were people, read about these people and their story and their legacy. And, and it is a way to honor, to not forget. Um, and it's just so important for anybody that's maybe listening that, doesn't understand that context, doesn't really understand that movement and why that's, you know, why maybe you're seeing what you're seeing on the internet. It's really important.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Really important to say these names, to not forget to keep saying, to keep it, you know, because the reality is justice has not been served. So that's a different aspect of it. But again, legacy, honoring the life. Um, Do not let anybody for that matter sink into the earth forgotten right, you know right. um and and I think you know I'd love to hear you talk about this Mujib because I I don't know a lot about my ancestry so I um I am always really excited to hear you talk about your connections because um it's a little bit voyeuristic for me <laughs> um mm-hmm. and not having that connection, but. Um, and that's not to say I can't work on changing that and, and, and uncover these things, because definitely through our conversations, I'm like, okay, I got to mm. <laughs> I gotta go back on Ancestry.com and do some work here. Mm. But I just love to hear you talk about your ancestry and your lineage, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if you don't mind. No, absolutely. <laughs>
1: um, and, you know, that what I'm about to say now kind of bleeds into episode five, which was, you know, personal power and, mm. and, and starting to talk around those concepts of, like, you know one of my one of my thoughts around authenticity and personal power was also identity like yeah. how do we identify in this world and how do our personal identities give us power right yeah. so for me you know i've always identified with my ancestry and i have pretty flashy ancestry in that you know my 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 ancestors played big roles in the shaping of the nation and you know just to take a quick step back too is we have And I was actually I was talking with my wife about this yesterday. We have this 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 these couple layers of ancestry. Like I have my forefathers, Mm -hmm. like my those who I have pictures of. Like I'd like to think of those as my forefathers, Mm -hmm. right? So like my grandfather, my great grandfather, his his as far as we can go back with pictures, my my grandfather's great grandmother, Jane Marie, right? We have a picture of her on the wall. Like she's like my foremother. She's Mm -hmm within my own bloodline reach. I can go to her grave and mm-hmm. stand on it, you know? But then I have my ancestry that, that, that goes so much farther back. It's almost like, a, it's almost like an archetype of like, my, my ancestral lineage, my first people that spoke a language, my first people that stepped foot on a land, my first people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so there's, there's those two things. So for me, there's power in my specific ancestry in that broad term of like who I come from and, and what what power I take from those people that lived on this earth and what they did before. Um, but then there's also the power that I take from my direct lineage of my forebearers, right? Mm-hmm. Like my own grandmother, Aquila Crouch, and what she did on this world, and, and, and my own father and what he did, my mother, what she did, you know? Um, my uncles and aunts and all of the things that they do. So for me, um, I can't acknowledge my ancestry without also acknowledging that delineation between my forebears, And for me, a lot of my personal power comes from those forebearers, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to give it a little bit more definition, I'll say those who lived in the times that the world as we know it was shaped. Mm-hmm. So from 1400 on mm-hmm. essentially. Right. Um, so, you know, I have, Ancestors who were so smart. I have, well, let's talk forebears. I have forebears who were so smart that they were able to record their they were documenting their existence on this planet and leaving it so that we could then pick it apart years later, right? So authors and and people that were orators and so on and so forth. And my family members always told us about these people so that we would know this is who you come from. You know, one of my ancestors is Frederick Douglass. So I was always told that, like you are from that same bloodline, this is your ancestor. You are a descendant of a man who was the greatest orator that we've ever known in the history of human beings of recorded history, mm-hmm. um, you walk a little differently when that's how you think. And I also can acknowledge how differently I walked when I forgot that that was the case, when I didn't wow. continue to remember that that's who I come from. You know, the 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 the, the depth or the, the 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 we talk about how I damped down my personality. Yeah. In that time period, I wasn't remembering that's my lineage, you know, and it actually took my last conversation with my father to remember that's my lineage, mm-hmm. you know. And Frederick Douglass is from my mother's side of my family. So even that, like the fact that my father's reminding me of, hey, man, this is who you actually are. Remember who your folks are. Um, and again, my, my forebears, there's a beautiful reality, an intertwined reality where my ancestors on both sides of my family were sharing space. So there's a picture of Frederick Douglass, who is my mother's ancestral line, my matriarchal ancestral line, in the same photograph with a man named T. Morris Chester, who's in my father's ancestral line. Wow. Right. So I can look at that photograph, and it's the Civil War. T. Morris Chester was a, um, he was a Civil War correspondent, and actually he came up to I think, Thetford, Vermont, mm-hmm. during in the, in the mid-1800s, maybe 1840s, sometime before the Civil War, um, and studied up here a little while. He studied all over the world, but, um, but he was an orator, so he was going down into the, into the warlands, essentially, and recording, or not an orator, he was a, a correspondent, so he was going down into the warlands and recording what was going on and meeting with different people and speaking with different people, and he started a friendship with Frederick Douglass. So again, these are two people on, my, on opposite sides of my family bloodline, but they found space together. So again, I can't look at that picture and not see something that means more to me than just a photograph from the Civil War era. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at my two ancestors sharing space together and understanding that on both sides of my bloodline, two people stood for the exact same cause. Mm-hmm. And that is what I'm the descendant of, mm-hmm. right? Um, something a little bit trippier, too. One of my wife's ancestors on her forebearer line is John Brown. So John Brown sat with Frederick Douglass and talked about the abolition of slavery and how it would have to come down to violence. And John Brown's very much about that, you know what I mean? Um, And so for my son, there is the reality that even your two ancestors on two different sides of your bloodline, sat down together and had a conversation. Wow! And on top of that, I'd like to imagine who else was in that room at that time. You know, were yeah. they in Philadelphia? Was Timor Shester there? Was his mother around? You know, so on and so forth. Who were the other players in that in the in that conversation happening? You know, so for me, um, I take a lot of my power from that, and a lot of my power from remembering those people mm-hmm. and to and and holding them in regard, in high regard, because it allows me to to celebrate them through the way that I act in this world and Mm -hmm. how I can continue to actualize based on the fact that this is the line that I come from. Mm -hmm. This is why I can stand in front of a mic and speak and don't have a fear of doing that. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I'm bred for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, those are, that's like the flashier side of my my ancestry, but I have ancestors and and forebears who were part of the Haitian Revolution who escaped from basically revolutionized in Haiti and then came to the states and had to escape, capture the entire time to make it up to the freed states. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So coming in from Haiti through Florida and then being like, oh, this is pretty beautiful here, getting to Georgia and then having people trying to capture them. So then them having to escape all the way and, 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 and go away from that. So we always grew up hearing those stories. So for me, to celebrate these lives and these beautiful legacies has always been a, a point of power for me. Mm-hmm. And here in this conversation about grief and loss, um, it's worth me also acknowledging that even my direct lineage, my father who's passed away since, um, the memory of him and his legacy also I draw power from that Mm -hmm. because I can see and I didn't really I didn't grow up with my father so I didn't really know him very well prior to his death Mm -hmm. and even since his death you know there are plenty of people on this planet maybe even listening to this podcast who might have known my father well well better than I did Mm -hmm. Um, but I can look at who he was I can remember who he was to me I can look at the the not just the photographs but the emotion behind what I'm looking at on his face and I can draw power from that as mm-hmm. well so again in celebrating this person's life who well, I grieved my father's death it made me very sad and it still makes me sad to this day and we talked about this a second ago which is the evolution of that sadness and mm-hmm. grief mm-hmm. Um, in that I'm still able to celebrate him and take power from his from celebrating him so in grief and loss there is also an opportunity to again, like you said, have this rebirth or this rekindling of an emotion for somebody.
0: And one thing that we talked about, too, with that grief trajectory is, you know, we talk a lot about things not being linear. Um, And, you know, something may resurface and come back and really hit you like a ton of bricks. And and oftentimes, you know, it might be um, maybe you've lost a parent and then you're about to get married. And that grief swells up at the idea of oh, I wish they were here um or physically um but you know depending on your spirituality or how you think about things that they they are there um with you and there's ways to honor and celebrate those those folks that may not be there in their physical being um but yeah again I I you know to talk about lineage and legacy and holding space and just you know death is part of life um you know, it is it is a certainty, <laughs> you know, to, to at least leave these these physical bodies um, on this earth. And, and again, depending on your belief system, reincarnation may be uh, something that you believe in, um, or at least, you know, coming back through this lineage that, you know, your ancestors live in your blood, in your DNA, lives on. And, and you know, when I hear you speak so profoundly and proudly about your lineage you know it's you know I wonder what greatness flows through my blood
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that I don't know you know and I and I don't necessarily know their names but I sort of I can think to myself and if we want to bring it back to personal power I'm like there's got to be some winners in there, <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. you know, um, there's got to be some powerful ass people, mm-hmm. um, probably some strong ass women, <laughs> for sure, mm-hmm. um, that I feel like I'm, you know, able to channel, so.
1: Well, you spoke to you about your grandmother in the first episode, yeah. and how, you know, you, you might not have a close relationship with her, but if you... Can understand where she would have been in history, mm. then it can kind of start to paint the picture that you can maybe image of what her life might have been like. The type mm. of person that she would have had to be to still be this strong, as a centurion. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah.
0: Absolutely. I lo- I love that idea, and you know she's 103, Grandma. If you're listening, mm. I don't think she's listening, but you know we'll save this recording. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is this is part of history. This is part of our legacy, um, you know, and I don't, just kind of thinking about that, you know, when we've, sometimes we, we say it somewhat cavalierly, you know, if, if today's my last day, you know, am I proud of what I've done? Am I proud of, of where I'm at? And you and I have sort of spoken about this casually, and I, and I think what I've gleaned is that we're both content with what we've done. Mm. Um, that um, I think, I don't want to put words in your mouth mm-hmm. um, but I'm very proud of, of what I've done and where I'm at should this be my last day, God willing, no thank you
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I
1: always say, uh, like, and, uh, again, I, I can acknowledge that everybody doesn't have the same reality um, mm. and I, again, as I said in episode 5 I can acknowledge the fact that I also did not always have the same reality mm. that I'm about to speak to now Um, but for me, when I think about the way that my morning's gone, when I think about what and who I woke up to, when I think about who I have the ability to go and call right now, so on and so forth, who I'm sitting here with having this conversation, who's listening to this conversation as we're recording it and Mm -hmm. playing it over time, um, I'm at the height of my life. If I was Mm -hmm. to die today, this is as high as I've ever been, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's worth acknowledging that. Even if, even if even if it is, you know, I'm at, if we talk about success mm-hmm. as a measure of it, right? I have 10% of the client base that I had before. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. how is that? How do, how do I go from 50 people to five people and be at the height of my life? Mm. Well, that's all perspective. That's all, that's all my own, my, I'm not just accounting for success based mm-hmm. on people. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm accounting for success based on How delicious was my breakfast Mm. is it were they the best muffins that i ever had you know what i mean and and what does that mean in the lineage of muffin cooking not to be so (laughs) trivial as to muffins but you know if it's the 10th time we've made that recipe and they were the best ones oh shit we're getting better yeah you know what i mean or it's you know i again i have a 10 month old child so for me to look at my child and to know that if i you know god forbid if this whole thing disappears right now you know i can i can walk off understanding like that was a sweet morning like that that really went well and and me and Sarah had an awesome conversation and I can't believe that like I was able to 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 witness this or to realize this in my short lifetime you Mm -hmm. know so there's for me but again that's my own personal story but I almost died you know I had a car roll over three times in 2014 you know so I also have a different perspective of my life and where it is now you know
0: yeah, and near-death experience will, will do that with folks, whether it's a car accident, terminal illness, or, or could be a terminal illness. Um, it shapes, you said it well, it shapes perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and really isn't that what this is, this sort of human experiment or this human experience mm-hmm. that we're having? It's, it, it is not just one thing. It, it is so many things and so many perspectives, and I love that you said that, because I can totally relate to this, you know, you, you've you had 50 clients. One person may say, well, the marker for success is how many people are walking through the door and how many dollars are in your pocket, and et cetera. And, and you're down to five clients, and maybe it's five people that you really love each one of those sessions, mm-hmm. and you're getting a lot out of it. They're getting a lot out of it, so it's not necessarily quantity but it's quality of those relationships and right.
1: that's one perspective. It's also to speak to that though, it's also the the rebirthing of the whole thing. Like yeah. because, you know, come March March 18, 2020, I wasn't working with anybody face to face. Right. Right. We're were facing lockdown. We're facing uncertainty of what's going to happen going forward. Um, And I had the faith and the wherewithal to keep myself going in the same direction. So those five people now, which will be six next week, which Mm. may be 10 the week after that and continuing to build up, that becomes to me also a testament to my faith that, Mm. hey, I can I can if I can hold this down. And like you said before, it's like I put that pedal down. I just don't know where I'm driving yet. Right. But I know that if I can keep steering this car from going off this cliff or from hitting this tree or so on and so forth, eventually it's going to open up where I'm going to be able to see where I am and where I'm going. Then for me, this is that moment of like, I can be thankful, I can be Mm -hmm. grateful. You know, I'm meeting with these people who I've never met before who are coming to me from all of these different avenues. Um, And to me, again, it's a testament of of my life to this point in time. and that comes with the loss of people in my life. That comes with all the death and all the grief and all the loss and all the uncertainty that also swirls around that, you know? Sure. Um, and I, th- I think that I, s- I brought something up a little earlier. Like, we can't talk about grief without talking about trauma. We can't talk about trauma without talking about ancestral or even just intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we deal with that sort of thing. And so for me, it's, it's always, everything always has to be seen through the lens of who we identify as again, right? Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. if I identify in a certain way in this country, um, then all of the things that, inf- that affect that identity, I also have to deal with every single day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and that in its own right can create a lot of grief. Right. Absolutely. I think a lot of the times when we talk about loss and grief, it's easy to think about it as a person who's dying, but when we say something like good grief, That's Uh, not what we're talking about we're talking about good lord help me you know what i mean like good grief this is going hardy like i'm I'm, i have grief in my heart right now i'm sad by the state of the world or i'm sad by you know the way things are going for me um again so we're living through that Mm -hmm. all the time Mm. and sometimes it's it's living through it for somebody might be ignoring it i don't have the time to speak about that right now um living through it might be facing it head on and being like in the middle of it you know but either way like we're all living right now through this time period if you're listening to this podcast chances are that you are living right now listening to this podcast so you're going through this time period um, however it is that you are dealing with it
0: I think that's really important to talk about and and flesh out a little bit more you know in this specific time period and loss and grief and you know, again, collectively as a society, you know, this sort of, you know, some folks are waking up and, and they're realizing, oh, everything that I learned up until this point, that was a lie, or, or I, you know, I didn't know all of these things, and, and so there's this tremendous sense of, um, loss of identity, and that can be really, you can kind of feel like you're losing your bearings, and, it, and, um, but I feel like this is such a necessary process for us to do and those that are willing to face it, those that are willing to talk about the trauma, whether you're someone that's experiencing it as trauma being inflicted upon you or perhaps you are a perpetrator of trauma. And it's important to have those conversations, right? The the perpetrators of trauma have been silent for too long. Um, and it is traumatic to face that you know um to face those facts and you know again sort of yeah collectively it's destabilizing we're in a very we're in this period of destabilization but that's not to attach negative verbiage to it um i remain and stay hopeful through this destabilization that this is like this is our this is our collective moment to shed that skin, you know, um, if you will. Actually, Mujib, I have to repeat this because this was, I don't think you know how profound this was for me. We had this conversation, which actually kind of led to the podcast. um, And uh, I'm getting weepy now, but you said something to me about um, being a caterpillar and turning into a butterfly. Mm -hmm. And and something that Mujib said was, you know, you're really good at being a caterpillar. Mm -hmm. Like, you killed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, we're kind of speaking in, um, uh, what's the term? Um, metaphors. And uh, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was a really damn good caterpillar. Very successful caterpillar. <laughs> and we talked about, but now it's time to become the butterfly. And sort of this uncomfortableness, you know, this changeling mm. thing. Um, but what is Possible? Can a caterpillar fly? No, but the butterfly can fly, and so it. I, I really like took that and and was like, okay, like let's do this. Let's get to it. Yeah. Let's let's do this. Um, and and so yeah, I mean, you can kind of feel the emotion in my voice that um, that you know grief, loss. It you know we don't have to associate it as negative. Um, and that's not to say, that's not to negate or ignore pain, anger, sadness, mm-hmm. longing for something, having memory of how things were. You can, ab- you know, absolutely you're going to have this range of feelings, but to to find these moments of joy and celebration and, you know, of, of what is possible. Um, and that, I don't know, that's kind of what keeps me
1: going right. right now, you know? Right, right. Um, it gets heavy, and it really gets as heavy as we want to take it, you know what I mean? Because you can, for me, you know, like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm qualified as an African-American, right? And to be an African-American in America like that, you know, to be black in America, it, it, it is a very dynamic situation, like, you know, my ancestors, like my, my grandfather, for instance, you know he was considered a black man but his his parents would have probably been considered Indians you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot of erasure that happens in this country so on and so forth um, but my point in saying that is my 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 outlook on the world comes through the lens of somebody who has generation after generation after generation survived atrocities. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so for, and you know, especially because you spoke to like people seeing things on the internet not quite understanding um, wh- where they're coming from or, or things like that, seeing things in the news and not quite understanding like, um, there is a reality in the black American youth that we can't be stopped. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that, no matter what you do to me, you can't stop the shine, like mm-hmm. you can't stop my glow. It doesn't matter what you do. I will outglow you, I'll outlast you, I'll outshine you, period. Mm-hmm. And you know, for us to be sitting here, let's talked to you about this at the end of the last episode, for us to be sitting here, you know, in my grandparents' generation would have been illegal, mm-hmm. right? You probably couldn't even have had a company. I sure as shit couldn't have just sat here with you and talked with you that sort of idea um, and it's like I like to laugh sometimes about how many and it sounds a bit morbid, whatever, but I don't care like this is I can be candid, I can be authentic. I like to laugh at how many people are turning in their graves to see the reality that exists right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean and to 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 and you ask, like, why, how people can be so hateful or something like that in this country as it still stands. And it's because generation after generation after generation, they're watching that slip away, that hold, that, mm. that, that cudgel that said, like, I can beat these people or this gender, or all of these different things, I can beat them in submission. And year after year and generation after generation we just proved like nah bruh i can i'm stronger than that cudgel i'm stronger than the whip i'm stronger than the chain i'm stronger than the bill the law Mm -hmm. the the red line i'm stronger than all of that shit. like it doesn't matter we'll keep on shining Mm -hmm. people will keep catching on and even if it's a thousand years from now and we're still going at the same old message Mm -hmm. We're still gonna be dancing and loving it and loving ourselves and, mm. and there's you can't stop that joy. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me that again, that comes with that, that grieving process mm-hmm. and that, that that the looking at what we're actually losing. Like, mm. you know, we talk about I, I was I was at a few weeks ago I was working with a camp of youth um, resistance. Basically it's it's Uprising, Uprise Camp. And it's a it's these young kids from Vermont that are going into a week in the woods, learning how to do nonviolent action and how to protest what they're seeing as a destruction of the world, as destruction of other humans, as the dehumanization of people. Um, And they're given tools for what they're supposed to do and what they can do. And a lot of these kids are coming from a place of privilege, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. right? They might have their whole life planned out for them. And we can do a whole episode based on the, the the farce of privilege, right? Because mm. if it, is it really a privilege if you don't know yourself? Like, is that a privileged place to be if you don't know your history? Mm. Like, you might be able to easily put a mask on and take a shitty job and be a cubicle, you know, tied to chain to some other thing or tied to the grind or the grindstone or whatever, um, and that might seem like a privilege, but. If it doesn't come with knowledge of self, which is the baseline for happiness, mm-hmm. is it a privilege at all? Mm-hmm. Right. So we can talk about that as, at a later time. But you know, in this in this week that I was working with these youth, I was there for three days in in Marshfield, Callis, Vermont, um, and I was, we were talking about the the Maroon people of the Caribbean and, of particularly, of Dominica, and island um, in the in the Lower Antilles, and you see in the Maroons, they were essentially like, they were like escaped captives who ran up into the hills and Dominica's like got nine active volcanoes on a piece of land that's smaller than Vermont, Mm -hmm. right? So picture Vermont, but with nine massive volcanoes in the middle of it, you know what I mean? And so the middle of the island, the interior is completely impassable. So you have, I'll just cut this story short because it goes on forever, but you have these people who have been taken from a beautiful place in Africa, and you know, they, there's an image that like, oh, they must have been just picking plants and then somebody came out and took them. No, they they were already fighting mm-hmm. for their lives for centuries at that point. They were, they were actively at war, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. people were actively coming in and stealing them for hundreds of years. Um, so actively at war, getting captured, getting put on a ship after some crazy walk to get to the coast, all the atrocity that goes into that, then getting sent across the world getting off of a boat in now a beautiful tropical island, right? Everybody's trying to go to a tropical island come January, especially if you're in Vermont, right? You're trying (laughs) to get to Dominica, right? So getting off a boat on this beautiful island, and after a crazy trip across the world where people just have been dying all around you, um, and then you hear a whistle from the forest that is the same whistle from your tribe back where you just came from. And you say, oh, shit." You look at your comrades and you say, yo, we're going to be fine, I just, do you hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And by that night, you're free again. Because somebody broke into that camp, mm-hmm. took you, helped you, freed you, brought you into the forest, right? So again, you have this grief, this loss of this lifestyle that existed, this loss of life coming across the world, the grief that goes along with that, and then this deliverance from that. Mm-hmm. And it still took you know, them fighting for 200 years for their ancestors to now be free, but, they never gave up that hope, mm. they never gave up that faith that if they just kept on singing those songs, kept on doing those rituals, kept on doing those fights, they were going to be able to stand up against the, Im- the immeasurable force of the machine that was colonization. Mm. And to this day, their ancestors still live because it was never the, it was never the intention of any of the people, any, of any of the oppressors, of any people forever, up to even now in 2020, it's never been the intention of the oppressor that we can sit and have these conversations. Right. You know? Right. So if we're having the conversations, then we're obviously stronger than they ever would be. Mm-hmm. So again, if we talk about the grief of the way that the world is right now, mm. my grandmother just said, just wait. Mm. Just wait. It's going to change. It'll go in your way. It'll go in your favor. You know?
0: I think that's an important nugget of, of hope. I think you know to think about that resilience mm-hmm. and there is progress and um, certainly not fast enough. but you know you and I had a conversation that you know maybe not until your son becomes a grandfather mm-hmm. you know um, and that that can get you down um, but like keep your foot on the gas. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it's just keep doing that work. And if you can keep turning, you know, just jet fuel, if you can, I mean, everybody's going to process things in different ways. And, and, and for some people that grief and that loss or that sadness, it's, it's going to slow you down and it's going to hit you hard and, 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 and and let it, um, you know, I'm not here to tell you how, (laughs) how to process anything. Um, you know, I want to hold space for, you know, just to know that, you know, we're going through it, but, um, you know, that we're all going through it. We see you, we hear you, um, and we respect that process. I think that's, you know, that's what I want to communicate out there
1: for sure. You know, and you're not alone in, in any of it. Like there's the people that are close to you can relate to you, you Mm -hmm. know, like the people that that again, when we talk about vulnerability, when we talk about authenticity, like the people that you're afraid to be vulnerable for are most likely gonna be able to share that space with you Mm -hmm. if they are also at the point where they can open themselves up in that way. Like Mm -hmm. We are all here as earthlings on this earth at the same time. We are all dealing with the same thing. Mm -hmm. The only difference is, can I look at a place like Aleppo and see myself there? What would it look like if that was my home? Can Mm -hmm. I look at a place like Ferguson or a place like Kenosha and say to myself, can I put myself in the shoes of somebody who just watched such and such happen or so and so die or so, such and so forth. Um, a lot of the times if you are that type of person, you're probably attracting those type of people too. So reach out when you're in those places of grief, when you're in those places of, of heart hurt, yeah. you know, yeah. because it's here. It's here for you to be comforted. It's here for you to be heard and to be held and for space to be created for you.
0: Yeah. I think it, it you know, it boils down to our humanity. Um and I think one thing maybe one purpose of this podcast is just to really, you know, we're talking about just very human things, mm. you know. Um these experiences that that we can share together as we go through this life and that we we are connected. We are, you know, um and I, I really do feel that feel that strongly and and I agree with you Muji. I think I mean the reason why we're sitting here today is because you know, our energies have come together and and, and we both believe that and um so it's, you know, once again, it's been amazing to connect. <laughs> yeah, totally totally. Um, during, during this session. I know it's, it's a lot. You, you guys may want to listen to this a couple times and, mm-hmm. um, maybe you'll glean different things out of it. Um, but again, I'm just, I'm so appreciative of just of the vulnerability that it takes to even have this conversation. It's, mm-hmm. I was actually saying before we recorded, it's almost like you guys are kind of listening in on what might be like a therapy session, mm-hmm. um, or just a conversation, you know, amongst, amongst friends. And one thing I do want to say is, um, you know, someone listening said, man, it's like you and Mujib have known each other for 50 years. I love that she said 50 years because we're in our 30s. (laughs) So like immediately the math was like incorrect. Um, But I love that idea, uh, that notion because, you know, I've got to do my research because Perhaps we are ancestrally connected in some way. Um, who knows? Sure. Um, but I do, I feel that it's, it's, you know, and it allows us to go a little bit deeper and have these conversations because, you know, we feel safe in, in having these conversations with each other. And I will be completely honest with you guys. I mean, I am learning things in real time mm. about Mujib that I did not previously know. So this is, this is really special.
1: I agree. And yeah. thank you for being here for it, you know, and holding the space. And, and you know, you presented this idea around loss and grief, and, and you know, it's it's really a special thing to be able to go that deep with somebody that fast.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, please, we love hearing from you. We're actually starting to realize we have some fans out there. Um, so please send us messages. Um, we're, we're pretty accessible on social media and we love to hear from you. And if you have things that you'd like us to talk about, um, I'd love to start soliciting some things from you know, we're going to run out of good ideas pretty soon. <laughs> so we'd, we'd love to know, or if there's a topic that you want us to dive a little bit deeper or explore a little more, if there's something you heard. You know, we're happy to do that and really engage with you that way. So thank you again for listening today.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: My name is Sarah. My name
1: is Mujib. And
0: this has been an awesome episode of Let's Get To It. Thank you, guys.